Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Gearing up for Dometic. Always stay relaxed and hydrated wherever your adventure takes you with Dometic's Rugged Drinkware. Welcome back to Real Adventures, and it is now time for gearing up. For Dometic, enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic and our special guest today. He's a regular on Real Adventures, one of Australia's most recognisable fishermen. Good morning, Lee Rayner. Hello, mate. How are you? Not too bad at all, mate. Thanks for joining us on the show this morning. And the reason that I wanted to get you on the show is because you've been down well, down that lake's entrance area where uh, yep. you've been heading out a lot of kilometres chasing these swordfish. Now, there's a few reasons, and just to throw a few reasons to why I got you on the show was how long this swordfishery is actually going for each year, getting bigger and bigger, the different sizes of fish, and just your opinion on the fishery in itself. So let's start off with, let's start it off with, first of all, uh, the different sizes of fish we are seeing at the moment. Yeah, well, it's, it's really interesting, mate. There's some seriously big fish there. Um, I think Richie Abella tagged one over 300 the other week with a sat tag, and then they got one that went 301. Um, but then also there's a, a real mix of little fish in amongst them, and the little ones are the males, the big ones are the females. And I just think the little the boys, just like boys do, follow the, the girls around. So um, what's really interesting, Aaron, is these big fish that are coming down, like the one that Richie got the other week, that thing in condition would have topped out at over 400 kilos because they spawn up in the coral sea and they're basically like whales and they head south to, to get back because our, our ocean down here is just so rich in food and that's why they come to this part of the world. You uh, found yourself fighting a little fish the other day. Literally, I think you said it was around that 15 kilo. Did yeah. You fishing the same way that you would be fishing for bigger fish? Yeah, yeah, we were. Exactly the same, mate. Exactly the same. And that's what... Look, that's what I think makes swordy fishing so exciting. You know, when we're doing so many forms of fishing, your fish are really in that bracket and you get the odd bigger one. But with a swordfish and you bait down 500 metres, the bite could be a 15-kilo fish or it could be a 500-kilo fish, and you just don't know, and especially when there's this mix of sizes at the moment. But unfortunately, I think I, I hold a record for this season now. Unfortunately, it's the, the wrong end of the scale. I've got the smaller sword for the season, but he was a cute little thing, man. He was just like a big one, only one-tenth of the size. Did he play up on the rod, or was it just a bit of more of a straight up and down coming oh, sort of thing? He, yeah, look, it was a funny one. We kept backing off it because we knew there was a fish there, but because they're racing to the top, the first thing you're trying to do is get tight on them, yep. you know, and, and not sometimes you whine and whine and whine. The fish gets within 50 metres of the boat before everything comes tight. So I was backing off this thing, and my mate kept whining like a madman, and we knew something was there, and I was expecting something to, like, this thing was racing up. You could see it on the sounder. Um, 
and I was expecting something big to jump out next to the boat. And then eventually this thing just popped up that was like 15 kilos lifted in the boat and it carried on a right free, <laughs> trying to whack the living daylights out of it with his bill. So, but the upside to that is we tagged him and he swam off beautifully. So that was a good thing. Now, you did unfortunately lose a bigger model of fish. Now, yep. what are your theories this year on hooks? I'm seeing so many discussions on social media and. What type of hooks are we using? Are we back, still using circles? Are we going back to straights? Because straights traditionally are to kill as such, where circles are more to look after the fish and release it. What are you yep. using and what do you recommend? We're actually fishing a bit of a combo now, Aaron. And and so we fish a, a static bait, so one where it's secured on a tight line with a brick as the weight. And then the other one we're fishing, we use a sacrificial weight. We send it down, we break the weight off, and then that bait starts to float up to the surface yep. and on that I tend to run and Jules and Joel the guys I fish with and that we tend to run a circle and a small bait on the floating bait and on our static bait we're still tending to run a J hook and look mate the verdict is out it's like there's no right and wrong way some guys swear by circles some swear by J's you could go 10 from 10 on circles and then miss your next 10 it's just that sort of fishing and that's what keeps you coming back because you just can't find this foolproof method on them. Speaking of foolproof method, method is the last, I guess, since the fishery has come into hand, I guess, the past few years, it's been a yep. short season when people have targeted them. And every year, other than we'll blame COVID a little bit, every year it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. Is it possible yep. that there is no season for these swordfish? I honestly believe that you're right. Yep. Look, there's your peak period. There's your peak period, but I believe just like any form of fishing, and especially game fishing, if the bait's there and the water's right, the fish are there, okay? And these fish are coming down here at this time of year to fatten up and do all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> we saw it the other week, the water went a bit bit junky out of lakes and the bite slowed down. And then the next week, a patch of good water rolled through. The water went up a degree and a half. There was feed layer everywhere, and there was like 12 or 15 saws caught in one day. Mm. Mm. So... It's interesting that the only month I think so far where there hasn't been source caught is maybe August, September, October, and that would be purely because guys probably not fishing for them. But they've been caught in December and January, so it just seems that there can be and there is fish there at all times. Now, the next part of sword fishing, and a little bit to like the barrels that I've been doing lately, it's pretty similar distance. It's a bloody long way out. How... <laughs> you need calm winds. I know we all want calm winds and you get out there and it's meant to be better than what it is. It gets rougher and I think yep. you might have even have one of those days the other day. How do you go with yep. preparing your trip regarding your fuel, your food, everything uh, to make it as safe as possible? Mate, we, I suppose we always prepare for the worst, as you do. Um, it, it's always, you know, you work out, on average, I, I work on one to one, so one litre per kilometre. Yep a fuel burn, but you need to take into account factors, you know, which you're well aware of, Aaron, that if you're out there and you hook up at three o'clock in the afternoon, you could be fighting that fish for two, three, four, five hours, six hours, who knows? So you're out there longer, you burn more fuel chasing your fish around. Then if you keep the fish and you're loading back in the boat, you might have 200 kilos of extra weight in the boat on the way home and the wind could have sprung up. So I'm, I'm casting more fuel than I've ever needed to use on the theory that hopefully one day I will need that fuel. 
Yeah, and that, yeah so, spot, spot on what we just said. You, you don't want to ever have to use it, do you? It's just there in case. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and it's one of those things, man, and, and I've seen that joint go from a lake, like as calm as a lake, to absolute awful junk in an hour, yeah. you know, and just like anywhere, when it's not supposed to blow, it blows. So you take all that into account, what your fuel burn changes when it gets rough. And it, and it can change dramatically by just the conditions. And it's all right when it gets rough when you're chasing snapper a few kilometres offshore because you can tuck back That's in. Right. But when you're 100, potentially 100 kilometres offshore, it, uh, you could be in for yeah. a hell of a fight. Anyway, we'll leave That's the swords it. for a little bit. Let's push back inland to same sort of area. We'll go to that Gippsland sort of region. Lake Tyres. Now, we've only got yep. a few minutes left, but Lake Tyres open for a period of time and a few days later it shut back up. What do you yep. think, uh, I guess... By, by opening, how much benefit is going to have on our fishery in Lake Tyres and just outside of Lake Tyres? Uh, it's huge. Like those those estuary systems rely on, and, and a lot of them close, but they rely on that opening naturally, which is what happened. It dumped basically three metres of water out of the lake, yep. um, which is such a volume you can't imagine. It flushes all that junky sort of water out it clears all the sludgy weed and stuff out because then you get fresh salt water pushing back in on the tide and it's basically like a reset button on the lake it resets because new bait would have come in hopefully some prawns fat would have come in and it just reloads the butt the lake up it reloads the water quality and the weed beds will be healthy again and it's it's a great fishery but this opening although it didn't last for long it could certainly reset that lake to be an amazing fishery for another two, three, four, five years. You know, enough time for it to refill and then open again. Flathead, obviously, monsters living lake tyres. Yep. Uh, yep. Would they have snuck out, do you think? Or how do you think? No. 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 So they're a, they're a dusky flathead, and I get asked this a lot. Dusky flathead lives in the estuaries, and yep. basically, dusky that's born in the estuary will die in the estuary. Yep. They don't transition between estuaries by swimming out into the ocean um so no they they will stay in there they'll be all happy again the problem we had in lake tyre that they had is these huge flatties but a lot of them if people look at photos with massive heads on them and, and a long skinny sort of body and that's because maybe there's they need more food source in there but also the other thing is Aaron, there's these giant tailor in there that are just eating everything okay. so Hopefully, a lot of those would have gone out when the lake opened. And look, I love catching big tailor, but the reality is that hopefully some of them did leave. But no, those flatties that are in there, mate, they will stay. Um, at, but it will probably help them have a couple of good spawn years. And again, it just resets everything and makes everything better. I know you're not a true local Victorian. Let's be honest. You're from out of state. That's from back, back in the day. Yep. Not a bad thing at That's times. It. Not at the minute, though. But no. how do you rate the Victorian fishing at the minute? Before we let you go, how do you rate the Victorian fishing, game fishing, uh, table food, the whole lot? How do you rate it? Oh, it's, it's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. We've got big tuna. We've got lots of tuna. We've got swordfish. Our offshore fishing is getting better and better as, as guys like you crack more coats, offshore snapper, gummies, all that sort of stuff. The freshwater is unbelievable. Big cod. I'm going trout fishing this weekend for trout and ready. You know, we've got a lot of options, Aaron. You know, look at our whiting fishing now in the bay. It's, it's crazy that yep. you can ring me and go, I'm going whiting fishing. I'll be, you know, off the water in two hours. And you ring me an hour and 40 minutes later and go, yeah, we got our bag. Yep. Like, it's crazy to think that that is just what we can do now. Gippsland's the same. Lake, lake entrance, the whiting run hasn't stopped for 12 months. So, 
it's, it's a great position for us to be in, mate. Like a really great position. It is. And we, as per usual, you and I could speak fishing all day, every day. But thank you to Lee Rayner for joining us on this morning of Real Adventures. Thank you, mate. That was gearing up Thanks for the medic. Mobile living made easy. You're listening to Real Adventures. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.